So you know, it's an awesome thing to be alive now. We could have been alive in any other era, and for some remarkable reason, Jesus Christ has handpicked you and me and every one of us here to live now for a holy purpose. We like to think, tell me if you agree with this, we like to think it's because of what we can do for him. But first of all, it's what he wants to do in us in this time. Isn't that humbling? Wow. He chose us to live now because of what he wants to do here first. And then secondly, he chose us to live now because he wants to send us out on something remarkable. Both reasons are awesome. So welcome, everybody. My name is Don McLafferty. My much better half is April right here. And I could hear her silently saying, "Uh uh-oh, because so so don't all look at her. You can just just kind of just know that she's here. She's my much better half but she doesn't want me to give her too much attention in front of you. So, uh, but I'm, I'm glad she's here. It's very, very good for my soul to have her here. In my travels where God sends me, many times she cannot come. I go in very remote places and all kinds of places around the world. And so it's very special to be together as a team here with my, my prayer partner. Uh, so I, you might, uh, some of you I know already, some of you I don't. So I am first a disciple of Jesus. Just simply a disciple of Jesus. That's my highest identity, is I'm a disciple of Jesus. I don't know what your highest identity is, but I want you to think about what your highest identity is. I'm just simply a disciple of Jesus. And secondly, I'm a husband to this precious woman right here, named April. I'm a daddy to three children. And I am a, a pastor who has, for 25 years, been a paid pastor. And then about four years ago, God called me to be, and my wife and I, to be full-time volunteer missionaries with a nonprofit that we have been doing with the General Conference, with the North American Division, and other divisions, every division of the World Church we've worked with. And uh, we have the joy of going wherever God calls, and, and we have joy in writing, discipling books, and giving them away as fast as God can grow our faith to give them away. So, uh, and, and to speak, and to teach how to disciple the new generations for Jesus as fast as we can go, and praying that God will go ahead of us. Mm-hmm. So that's just a quick sketch. We, are, we do have a booth at 15, and we have nothing to sell you, and we have precious things to give you. And it's just books uh, to help you call for revival, and most of all, to make disciples and disciple makers of the new generations. We need to be doing that right now. Amen. Now, this is called Wake Up. Why? Several reasons. We're living in a time where, I can't speak for you, but I need Jesus to wake me up every single day and every single moment for the time I'm living in. My danger is, because I've been so, so blessed as a little kid to grow up in a beautiful Seventh-day Adventist home, not a a perfect home, I don't know about your home, we don't have a perfect home, but I grew up in a home that absolutely loves Jesus. I was taught the love of my Heavenly Father, the love of Christ for me, and also, I'm going to say this, watch the difference here, and also was taught growing up, not just my parents, but in that era, to believe in the Holy Spirit. That's a whole other topic, but I now believe, not only believe in him, but I also believe that we can have such a precious relationship with the Holy Spirit just as much as God the Father and God the Son. So that's just a, just a quick, quick testimony there for me. My danger is that I can take all the above for granted because I've, been, I've grown up in this amazing end-time truth, and then I can take Jesus for granted. I'm just being real here because um, we're not here to impress each other, right? Mm-hmm. I hope I'm, I, aren't we just brothers and sisters in Christ? Mm-hmm. So, so I'm not here to impress you, you're not here to impress me, but we are here to learn together and stretch together and grow together. 
So that is my danger. Do any of you relate to that danger? The, the danger of taking Christ for granted because we've entrusted with so much as an end-time people, we can just kind of get casual about us in Christ. But Christ is not just something good or somebody good. He's everything. And he wants to be even more tomorrow than he is today in your life and my life. But the danger is the more that we, we go to church and the more that we celebrate Sabbath and the more that we teach and preach in his name, whether you're a pastor or a missionary or a business person or whatever, whatever you are, we can, we can get casual about the most simple and precious things of Christ. Some years ago, I'll move this here so if anybody needs to come up here on the, the first row, they, my wife's a teacher and they tell me that the first row you're supposed to get better grades. So, so, uh, so welcome to the front row. Okay, and my friend's from Ethiopia on the front row over here. So that's wonderful. Now, um, what was I saying? <laughs> when I welcome somebody to the front row, then I forget. But anyway, where I'm going with this is this. Um, some years ago, I was in Jakarta, Indonesia. And it was early one morning, it was about eight, nine years ago. And I was there to, to speak for a children's ministry convention for several divisions of our world church. And I was just one of the speakers. And I was excited and I had... I had I had felt, I was just being impressed eight or so years ago that I was quite ignorant about the Holy Spirit. Have you ever been impressed that you're ignorant about the Holy Spirit? Like really, I, I realized, like I really, really woke up to the fact that uh, I had been so blessed to be raised with knowing so much as we can as a human about our Heavenly Father and of course Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and definitely was raised to believe in the Holy Spirit, but I realized that I needed to know so much more about the Holy Spirit, and so I started, just started really praying for the Holy Spirit in a marked way, maybe eight or nine years ago, something like that, and it's in that context that on the top of a roof in Jakarta, early one morning, I had asked people from other countries to meet me up on the roof and to pray for the Holy Spirit. Because it wasn't just a concept to pray for. I was realizing this is somebody who really wants to move in my life and change this guy and send me. And so I was really under conviction, big time. So I invited people there. Now, in that setting, you can imagine if you've been to, have any of you been to Indonesia? By any chance? Some of you have? Okay. So it's a fascinating place. And you could hear the call of the imam, you know, as it floated out from uh, you know, across the, the city, you know, from the Muslims calling to prayer. And in that setting, here I am calling for us to pray to our Heavenly Father for the gift of the Holy Spirit. I had done a short uh, devotional, and uh, the, the team from Communist China was to my left. I had people from free countries around me, and I, I was born and raised in Hawaii. And so as an American, you know, I, I have known lots of freedom. I am so thankful for freedom. And I take it for granted, too, both. And I know that those days are coming to a close rapidly, I believe, according to prophecy. So anyway, that's the setting. And so I invite everybody, after a short devotional, I said, let's pray for the, this incredible gift of the Holy Spirit. And everybody's like, yes. And so I bowed my head, and I began praying what I would say is a nice prayer. Do you ever pray, pray nice prayers? You know... Those of us who have been born and raised in free parts of the world, we tend to pray in very nice prayers. Nice prayers. They're good prayers. 
And I'm not making fun of myself or you, but look, uh, it's not the way a lot of the world prays. It's not the same way as a lot of the world prays. A lot of the world prays desperate prayers. And we pray, we pray very nice prayers. And so I was praying my nice prayer, and it was sincere, okay, because that's what I know. So I was praying my nice, sincere prayer, and then I heard something, and I thought, what's going on? And I opened my eyes, and I looked over here, and here's this little lady from China, and she has her little arms up like this, and she's reaching up to the heavens, and she's weeping before God. I thought, whoa, what's happening? Oh, maybe, maybe she just got news back home uh, in China that some terrible thing happened to her family or something. I was trying to imagine what it could be. And I thought, but I don't know Chinese. I only know a few words in Chinese. So what can I do? And so um, I went back to praying. And then a little bit later, I noticed somebody else from China also was weeping before God. Their hands stretched up to the heavens in desperation for something, but I did not know what. I thought, well, maybe that was just this morning. But for morning after morning, I invited people from different countries to meet up with me. And this is high, high up in this hotel, up on the very top, top, top roof to pray for the Holy Spirit. And again and again, I would notice that the Chinese delegation would pray differently than I prayed. There was a desperation in their prayers. There was... Um, a hunger in their prayers. Even though I didn't know the language, you know, you can tell just the tenor of their prayers. It was just different than the way I prayed. And finally, the very last day, which was a Sabbath day, the best day of the week, I asked my translator, I said, I, I, I may not ever see this team again, probably won't until Jesus comes. And I said, can you, can you come here with me? I need to ask this, this lady what's going on. And I said, I may be way out of bounds. I may be, I don't want to disrespect her. It may be extremely private. You know, I don't know what she's weeping about and the other ones, why they're crying. But I said, I, I need to ask. And so I went up, and uh, through the translator, I said, uh, my dear sister, I said, it's been such a joy to have you and the team from Communist China to come over here, which is a miracle in itself. And I said, it's been so special to have you here. I said, I have to ask you, why have you been weeping before God? Why is it that I see your hands reaching up and like almost like you're clawing like just reaching from something from heaven to you. What is going on? I said, I'm so sorry if it's too personal, but I'm dying to know. By the way, are you hungry for something with Jesus more than what you have already? Well, that's what I felt. And she looked at me with these clear, clear eyes, and she looked at me, and I could, I could imagine that she was thinking, how on earth am I going to share what's going on with this guy from America that has a, such a different freedom than I have. I can just imagine that. And finally she said, here's what happened. Last Sabbath, a week ago, she said, my husband, which is, which is a house church leader, so we were there and we were worshiping. We just almost finished the, the worship service when all of a sudden the doors flung open like this. And uh, we were raided by the police. And the, the, the secret police came in and they said, you've been turned in. You are not registered as a house church here, and you are absolutely illegal. And they said, but because we are gracious to you, I'm just paraphrasing here, but because we're a gracious nation, uh, we are going to give you freedom to not show up 
next Saturday. And if you just don't show up next Saturday, everything's good. And we won't turn you in. We won't imprison your, your leader, which is, which is, of course, the husband of the one that was you know, praying on the rooftop. We won't imprison him, which they would, were very much wanting to do. Uh, so we'll give you what we call grace. They didn't, that's not the word they used, but, you know, freedom. And so I said, ah, I said to the lady up on the rooftop, I said, now I know why you're weeping before God. You are weeping because you're thinking about how your church is going to be no more this, this Sabbath. And she looked at me, no. No, that's not why I'm weeping before God. No? She said, no, uh, my church is not no more. She said to the translator, she said, my church will be open today. Anyway, hallelujah, by the way, what do we do? What do we do? Now, I said, okay, so why are you weeping? Well, she said, I know my husband this morning will stand up and he will proclaim the word of God as if it was any other Sabbath day, even though he knows that they will be crashing through the door at such and such a time in the middle of the morning, just here in a couple of hours. And I know that they will take him, unless if God intervenes, they'll take him to prison today. Now I know why you weep. You're crying out to God for your husband who's about to go to prison. No, patiently, she said, that's not why I am weeping. I said, I said, okay, I'm sorry. I'm really slow, but help me out. Why are you weeping before God? She said, I have two children, which most of us don't. She said, I have two children, and I weep before God. God, help my husband to be faithful when he's dragged off to prison today. Number two, I weep before God. God, keep my children faithful to Christ. When they watch daddy being dragged off to prison, and mama, of course, is in Jakarta. You following me with the story? And they're all alone. Keep my children faithful to Jesus. And I realized she had a passion for Christ that I did not have, but that I wanted to have. Because many times my prayers, think about your prayers in the last 24 hours, have to do with all kinds of things that are good for me and for my family and for my ministry or whatever. You know what I'm saying? I'll be this way. And she was crying out to God for radical faithfulness. Now look, uh, we had prayer here. Uh, some people were coming in, but many more have come since then. Look, uh, prayer is not just an opener to a meeting. It's an it's a opportunity for us to humble ourselves before God and to ask that he would show up in this meeting. And so that's your preamble, okay? Because that story I just told you sent me up to my room later that night at the end of the day, and I got on my knees and I cried out for something that I didn't have. And that leads us to two principles that by God's grace we will be teaching from the Word of God today that I believe change the tenor of an entire day every day and sends us out the door again and again and again, vulnerable to being led by someone much bigger than us. And his name is Jesus Christ. If this is your hunger, again, I invite you, because we have many more now. Those of you who are here early, I hope you don't mind praying again. Is that okay, everybody? Is that okay? So I invite you, find somebody you did not pray with yet. And, uh-oh, now he's crossing the line. 
someone, if you don't mind, now if you're, if you're someone here that is super, super, like, um, that's no good for you, then Jesus still loves you just as much and pray with the same person. But if you're willing to pray with someone different, pray with someone else, just short prayers, and let's invite the Holy Spirit to be here and to prep our hearts, the field of our heart, for the Word of God. Can we do that right now? And then I'm going to ask this this sister in Christ right here, if you can be thinking of another very common, simple song, and when I give you the nod, as soon as you hear the song, just join in softly, and that will be the way we'll, we'll go from prayer into the Word. Fair enough? So if you're able to go on your knees, you're welcome, or you can stand however you want to pray. But just a couple minutes, we're going to pray for the Holy Spirit. So little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Bible tells me so. Amen. Amen. Okay. Pray the Lord for opportunity to have freedom to come together in Jesus' name. So I went up to that room in Jakarta, got on my knees that night, and I said, I, I have a good friendship going on with your son, Jesus Christ. And I'm grateful for this friendship. But I don't have what that little Chinese lady on the roof has with you. I don't pray with that desperation or anticipation or expectation. I just don't. And I think I know why. It's because even though I have something good going on with you, that I'm grateful for God. I'm really grateful for it. I don't have the fire for Jesus that she has. And I want to have it. And so I cried out and I said, so what, so what should I do? I have no clue. And that still, small voice of the Holy Spirit, which I believe speaks just as much today as he did in Old Testament times and New Testament times, he's very much alive and well in these last days before Jesus comes. He said, he just moved my heart. It wasn't an audible voice, but he impressed me to go to a passage. Did you bring your Bibles? Did you? In some form. Okay. Okay, I hope so. So, I'm going to give you a passage. I'm going to say it twice. I'm going to invite everybody to read this passage a couple of times in twos. So everybody look around, just be in twos. Look around you. If someone is by themselves, then say, brother, sister, come on over, okay? So look around you. I don't want anybody to be by themselves, okay? Unless if they say, I need to be by myself, and then you say, we love you anyway, okay? So, are we okay, everybody? Look around you. Does everybody have somebody? Okay? Okay, work together. Now, are you ready? I'm going to give you about just two or three minutes. You're going to have to read and really, really look. And I want you to look for what, is, what secret is in this passage that might impact the way we start our day. Okay? With Jesus. The passage is Isaiah 50, verse 4. <laughs> Isaiah 50, verse 4. Please read it a couple of times with your neighbor in twos and see if you can find a secret that can impact the way 
We start our day. You can read it out loud, no problem. One minute has gone by, and you're going to have one more minute. Read it some more. Dig. What can you see in the Word of God? Stop. Okay. If you can hear me, clap twice. When most of you can't hear me. If you can hear me, clap twice. Just go. Okay. By the way, I, I work with kids of all ages, so that, you just have to forgive me, but that's the way you get people's attention. So uh, I have a, a microphone right here. If there's someone fleet of foot who also is the kind of person that if someone starts preaching and I say, Amen, already, thank you so much, then you need to be that kind of man or woman that you can smile at them and bring the microphone back to yourself. You're never going to release the microphone. That's just the law of the land. Okay, who can work with me that way with that microphone? So you take it, come on up, and let's give him a hand. Thank you so much. He's a very brave soul. Now, I want to be interactive with you, but again, I need short answers. Okay, what did I say? Well, in short answers. So, but we want, we want to learn from each other. Amen? So if you raise your hand, have like a, like a sentence reply. Okay? And if it goes on way beyond that, again, I'm going to start coming towards you like this a little bit more. I'm going to start smiling. I'm going to say, thank you so much. Okay? And don't be offended. Fair enough? We together? So here's my first question. Is, what, is, is there any secret in 50 verse 4 that could impact the way... We start our day, every day. If there is, and you can give a very succinct answer, raise your hand, and this man's coming to you. Get up when God wakes you up. Oh, get up when God wakes you up. Anything to add to that? Don't just pray, listen. Ah, listening is a part of it. Amen. Let's come right over here. Okay, by the way, are they being succinct? In the morning. That's good. In the morning, that's part of it. Yes, another sister right over here. Okay, we're coming. Point for service. Okay, amen. So service is a part of it. And one more right here. Okay. Yeah, it's not to give. It's to tell someone who needs where we need it. Ah, so we're to receive something for us, but also for? Somebody else. Okay, so that's it for now, but we're going we're gonna to grab your, your help in the very near future, okay? You can put it right there. That's perfect. Great. Thank you for sharing. Now, next question. Well, let's look at that one more time. So just, are you tracking with me? Verse 4. So somebody in verse 4 is saying, and this is New American Standard Bible. Uh, it's not always the most readable, but it's, it's, very, it's a very accurate translation as well. It says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of disciples, that I may know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to listen as a disciple. Hmm. The next question is, who's talking in verse 4? Is it Isaiah giving a testimony about somebody waking him up? Is it some other prophet? 
Uh, who is it? If you have an answer to that, again, right to the point, here comes the mic man. Okay? Who is it? We're going right over here. You're going to have to, he's not going to release the mic, so you have to come to him, brother. Okay, now look in scripture. Uh, I think that's a wonderful answer. I want you to see in the next couple of verses after four, is there biblical evidence to, to prove up or down on what he just said? So you just read, don't talk to me now. Read the next couple of verses with someone next to you, your partner, and see if this is so or not. Thank you. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not disobedient, nor did I turn back. I gave my back to those who had strike me. Mm, there you go. You want to read six? I gave my back to those who strike me and my cheeks to those who pluck out the beard. I mm. did not cover my face from humiliation and spitting. Yes, we'll just stop there. So, sure sounds like Jesus to me. Yes, yes. Interesting. Isn't it powerful? This totally. Yeah. But it's going to do with application, though. That can, he can be talking about himself as well. The application. Yes. Not, but but it's, a, it's a messianic prophecy yeah. pointing ahead. Yes. Okay. Oh. My prayers are not supposed to be just for me. It's for God. How can you equip me? Yes. Amen. Thank you. That's good for now. Thank you. And I'm going to just keep pulling you back and forth, okay? If you don't mind. No, I don't. Yeah, have a seat. Have a seat, but if you can be nearby, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Okay, everybody. Is there biblical evidence to say who this is talking about? And who, what does the biblical evidence point to? So this is a messianic prophecy, right? Amen? pointing towards and so it's like a testimony in advance right of it happening because god owns all time and this intrigues me because to learn that the messiah would humble himself before his father in heaven which is our father in heaven amen, amen. and i read that from those that vantage point knowing what verse six and seven really shows us or five and six and i think wow God, God the Father, I am so touched that you would take the time to awaken Christ Jesus morning by morning from his deepest slumber. He'd wake him up. Isn't that awesome or what? Is that personal? Really personal. But then I look at it and I'm thinking, God, my Father, it's so awesome to me that you not only woke him up, but you woke him up for a purpose. Look at the very last part of verse 4. And let's hear several different translations. Why did he wake him up? The first part and the last part of verse 4. And we're bringing the microphone around to you. If you have a couple different translations, what, why did he wake him up? So just raise your hand. The mic man's coming to you. Just uh, If you have a, a particular helpful translation, just read it. Yes, to hear is a learned. Okay, amen. Anybody else? Any other helpful translation? To understand why, right here. Ah, isn't this awesome? The Messiah humbled himself repeatedly, morning after morning, so he could be what? Instructed, taught by someone that we call our Heavenly Father. We have a hand right up here, and we'll just we'll stop with this comment right here. This is um, from a Spanish Bible. It says, uh -huh. "To hear is the wisdom." To hear. His wisdom, you see? As the wisdom. 
Here as the wisdom. Amen. 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 Thank you. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, for most of my life, I've awakened with the sound of ring in some form or fashion. Did any of you relate to that? And this is the way it was um, for most of my life. So I'm 55 years old, and for most of my life, this is what, well, when I was a little kid, if I was waking something like this. Everybody, time to get up. It would be my mom. And she said, and get ready for breakfast, or, you know, whatever. She would call out to the house, and I have two siblings, so that's, that's the way I started waking up. But then when I got big enough to have my own alarm clock in some, some way, I thought, now I can be in charge, more in charge. Now just think with me on this. Some of you will not like what I'm about to say, but that's okay. I, don't, I have no interest in you being impressed with what I'm saying. I want you to be very impressed with what Jesus is wanting to do in your life and in my life. So I'm challenging. I'm challenging right now. So I started with that alarm clock, and I got into a very nice routine. It was a good routine, and I, I found great joy in it. And it looked like this. I was in elementary school. I got my first, uh, actually probably right before that, but I got my first little Bible. It wasn't this one, very little tiny Bible. And I knew, ah, oh, I need to spend time with Jesus. So I would, uh, I thought, well, if I don't set my alarm clock at such and such a time, then mom will call for breakfast and I'll have to bound down the stairs and eat breakfast and grab my stuff and go to school and I'm going to miss, right? You tracking with me? So I just want you to think about your life wherever you started tracking with Jesus. Some of us, it might have been just recently. Some of us, maybe all the way back. And we both have advantages and disadvantages to how long we've tracked with Jesus. Right? We all do. All do. So, that's what I did. I got into my teen years, went to academy, got into college, and as my routine got tougher, I thought, oh, I've got to really, really be strict on this. And so I kept on, you know, I'd wind back the time, so to speak, because I had to have, I thought, I need more time. Because I found out when I was a teenager that Jesus is not only my Savior, but he's my friend. I was like, wow, well, with friendships, they need time. So I need to have more time. So then I went into my 20s and 30s and 40s. And you know what? Ah, God blessed me with a powerful routine. Powerful routine. And God blessed me again and again and again. I've been blessed with a wonderful friendship with Jesus. And I was in charge of the time. How about you? Who's in charge of your time with Jesus now? Now, the amazing thing is, my Heavenly Father, your Heavenly Father, our Heavenly Father, He has so much grace. He has always met me in my time that I offer Him. He is always. I cannot think of a time where you're like, no, I'm not going to meet with Don this morning. No, He's hungry. He's more hungry to meet with you and me than we are with Him. He is so much more hungry. Yes. And so he has always not failed to show up. When I opened the word and said, in my, as a little kid, all the way up, God, please send the Holy Spirit and, and help me learn more about you in the word. He's blessed me. Isn't it awesome? Isn't God awesome? He's so awesome. But my friends, I wonder, is this the way we should operate when we're so close to the second coming of Jesus? Should we be in charge of how much time we have with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. If you are having a comfortable routine and you know God's blessed it, amen, praise the Lord. But now it's time for something more. We're in a different era. And God has a lot on his heart to give to his people. 
He would like you and I to have unrushed time with God, with him. Unrushed time. Now, you ready for a dangerous question? Yes or no? Yeah. Is it okay to give dangerous questions? Yeah. Great. Turn to the person next to you and say, if you're going to describe your time with God on a daily basis, is it quantified by rushed or unrushed time? Before you ask each other, I'm going to go public, even though I know whoever's going to see this down to the next days ahead, whatever. Um, I will give my public confession. Most of the time I've described that I've had with Jesus over my lifetime has been rushed and good. <laughs> rushed and good. Did any of you relate to that? And, and whatever my time was, whatever my time was, little when I was a kid, and a little bit longer when I was a teen, then got in the 20s, 30s, I got into a nice, I thought it was a nice chunk of time. You know, but that time starts and it stops according to whose schedule. When it's, when it's my schedule, when I wake up on ring of some type, then it's when I need to start, and then I, I'm looking at my time every so often. I'm not saying you do that when you're meeting with Jesus, but I, I have done that many, many years. And I'm like, well, I've got to make sure that I'm not going to be late to my next thing, so I've got to keep checking, you know. And, and so it ends up being rushed no matter what my parameters are. Do any of you relate to this? So, I'm giving my public testimony, and I'm so glad for the grace of God. I'm inviting you to ask each other a dangerous question. Is, is your time, you're asking as a brother and sister in Christ, you're not going to ask to beat each other up, so smile when you say it. Is your time with Jesus on a daily basis, is it rushed or unrushed? Ask each other, just real quick. Okay. Okay. That was just a kind of a, a quick answer, right? How did it go? How did it go? Pardon me? For him, it's not rushed. Not rushed. Amen. My brother here was the union president in Ethiopia. And he said he's had unrushed time with Jesus. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Amen. Now, next dangerous question. You ready? What would happen if you had unrushed time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, not only in prayer, but it must be in the written word of God coupled with prayer? So the written word of God and prayer needs to go together. So again, let me just ask this so we're on the same page. I'm asking you to ask each other, what would happen honestly in your life? Like, would there be any change if on a daily basis you had unrushed time in the written word of God and in prayer? How would it change your life? Just ask each other. Is that okay? Go for it. Thank you. Now, brothers and sisters, practical answers. Are you ready? What's your name so I don't call you the, the, the mic man? Ron. Ron, thank you, Ron. Ron's coming to you, and please make your answers just like we've been doing, and give like one-line answers or one-word answers. What would change in your life if every single day you had unrushed time in the Word and in prayer? He's coming to you. So raise your hand. We're going to go fast, super fast. Go ahead. Be thinking. Oh, amen. So it impacts 
her to have unrushed time with people and have divine appointments. Amen? Okay, keep it coming. Really, really fast, just one-liners. What's your, what, what practical difference would it make? Coming over to you. Your purpose? Your purpose would change completely. Ooh, okay. Um, more of a More divine appointments. Yes. Amen. Amen. More divine appointments. We would have more peace and joy in our days. Peace and joy. Amen. Over here. Under understanding God's vision for today, I would change my life completely. Okay, I want to make sure I caught that. Understanding the vision, God's vision for this day, that He has vision for. By the way, pause for one moment before you answer. Uh, I want us to pause now. Because I do believe that God has a vision for every day, not just for a lifetime. Do you honestly believe that? Now, if you believe that, the question is, is something in place every day so that you would actually hear what that is? Because if you and I are going rushed, we will not hear the vision of God. Okay, I'm going to take one last one right over here. Okay, oh, one up here? Okay, one here and then one up here. Oh, yes, I'm glad you said that one. And that one goes right to my heart. I have to pray for that every day. It was kind of like what you had said. You would know the will of God for that day. Yes, yes. Do you say amen with those kinds of amen. things? Amen. Like, do you want those blessings? Yes. So what holds us back from having unrushed time with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords every single day? What holds us back? Sleeping. Sleeping? Okay, yes. Kids hold us back. Is it, is it too impossible, you think, to have this happen today? Do you think, like, are some of you thinking, well, well Don doesn't know my, my circumstances. Are, are any of you thinking that right now? He doesn't know. So he's teaching a nice thing, but he doesn't know. My friends, no, I don't know your circumstances. But Jesus Christ, I have a, a, just a, a question for you. Did Jesus have a really lackadaisical schedule every day where he just uh, sipped his soda and from time to time you do this or that. If you look at the four Gospels, and you look at Desire of Ages in particular, and if you read them together, which I hope if you haven't, just got to do it, then what were his days like? Hmm? Were they moving? Were they lively? Were they boring? I can't think of one time in Scripture where I, I, I can see that Jesus had a boring day. Why? He didn't have a boring day because of who he met with every morning. I'm going to have to keep going for now, okay? Every morning he met with someone bigger than him. Okay? I'm not denying, obviously, he's, he's man and he's God. But I'm saying, remember, he put aside, right? Put aside his powers. And I'm just saying he met with God the Father every day. And every day was an extraordinary day in the life of Jesus Christ on earth. And every day in our life can be an extraordinary day. Even when we're going through painful things and losses, it can be an extraordinary day if we slow down and have unrushed time. So practically, this is what it looks like. On that night, back to the story in Jakarta, on that night, I looked at that and my first reaction was, God, I already know that one. And I know, I know about that. I've heard about people that do that. But God, I looked at longingly at my alarm clock and I thought, you know, but I'm good. And that still small voice said, are you hungry for more? I said, well, yes, I am. 
and I was impressed to try it. So uh, here I had speaking the next morning. I had, I had, I'm an ADD kid growing up partially, so anything I hear, I'm just right there with you, okay? So sorry. <laughs> but, um, so uh, I, with, with much fear and trepidation, I turned my alarm clock off eight, nine years ago in Jakarta, and I said, okay, I'm going to try this with you, but I'm really nervous because I, I speak early in the next morning, and what if, what if you don't really do this for someone, a guy like me, because I'm not, I'm not Jesus, I'm not the prophet this or that, you know what I'm saying, I'm just Don. Do you ever wonder about that? You're just, you know, say your first name, say your first name, you're just, and you know what? What a delightful thing. I turned it off. I said, so God, okay, I'm going to trust you on this one. Uh, Would you please wake me up, Father in heaven, like you woke up Jesus? I felt so, like, crazy saying that. I mean, would you really do it? Because I really want to have unrushed time with you. And I said, so I'm going to go to sleep. And like little boy Samuel, I pulled my covers up like this. I think, now I'm going to try to sleep. And and God, oh, don't let me fail you on this because it's going to really, I'm going to be really, really in bad shape tomorrow if I don't, if I come like an hour late or something because I was 13 hours off of American time, you know, or whatever it was, 12 or 13 hours at the time. And so, and a couple hours later, all of a sudden, I woke up and I looked at the time. I said, oh, that's a terrible time. Oh, why am I awakened up now? This is terrible. And that still small voice said, didn't you invite me to wake you up? Anytime I want. Well, yeah, but, uh, but, 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 okay, 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 okay. So I got down on my knees, and I said, um, now, I'm telling you this as blunt as I can, because I want you to be real with your walk with Jesus right now. You know what? I was so out of my routine that I did not know what to do. Because I, I had my thing that I would do with Jesus in the morning. You know, morning by morning, I've been doing for decades. But now, this was like, ooh, this is his timetable. And I was like, okay, so uh, I can pray. So um, I'm not trying to be silly with you or anything, but I was awkward because I was not in charge of the time. And so I prayed a little bit, and after maybe three or four minutes, I said, well, I think, I, I think I'm good. So I, I hopped back in bed, and I, I went to sleep. And after some time, I woke up again. And this time I, I knew it was the wake up. And so I woke up and it was earlier, maybe an hour or hour and a half earlier than normal for me when I would get up to spend time with Jesus. And again, I was like, oh no, that's really, really terrible. Like this is an awful time to wake up with Jesus. And, and then that still small voice again confronted me. How bad do you want something more with him? And I was like, really bad. And then he said, well then just enjoy now, this was funny because I, I prayed for the Holy Spirit to bless as I always did. I went to the Word of God, and I started out still checking on my watch every so often. And then very quickly, I realized, why am I checking on my watch? Because I am so far off from when I'm going to speak. God woke me up out of his passion to meet with me. I do not need to be worrying about time. I need to be enjoying the Son of God. And that was a brilliant Thing for this guy to understand. I am sorry if this is too simple for any of, of you here, but to me it was profound to not be hurried with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. So I enjoyed the word, and then I read, and I thought, ah, I can read some more. 
And then I, re I realized, ah, I can actually sit back in my chair. I'm going to borrow your chair here. Oh, it's hooked together. It's okay. But, you know, I, I sat back and even got on my knees again. And I said, so is there anything you want to tell me about what I just read? I'm sharing this in this simplicity because I'm afraid that many of us in these last days are reading to read, slapping the, the, the book covers of the, this incredible book of all books, having our prayer, which is normally a shopping list, gimme, 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 and he loves to hear our gimme prayers because he cares about us, so I'm not making fun of that, but I'm saying it many times it's only that, right? And then we say amen and we trot off to our day. And many times we are asking the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, I need more patience. I gotta go. <laughs> I need wisdom what to do in my business or in my school or church or, or in this relationship. I need we paint the picture, we lay it out before God, and now I gotta go. Now, um Brock, are you a dentist still? I thought you were a dentist still. Okay, I want to make sure because I haven't seen you in a long time. I just saw him again. He used to be in my church member a long, long time ago. So I want you to think about the audacity of this. Okay? Now, I am not a medical person. Okay? My wife can testify. Okay? I can put a Band-Aid on. So, but, but, so I, let's say that I'm in, uh, I'm in Africa, where I've been a lot. You're going to hear about this Sabbath morning, by the way. I'm going to share some things that have just happened uh, this summer in Africa that shows me the Holy Spirit is way more ready to do mighty, mighty things than I ever, ever thought before. Ever in my whole life. I've never seen what I just saw. That will be Sabbath morning early for Sabbath school. But imagine that I'm in Africa now, and I call up Brock, and I say, I have a terrible toothache, and this and this and this, there are my symptoms of what's going on, and I had a, an old root canal a long time ago, and I don't know, is it this or that? I have no clue. Can you help me know what I'm supposed to do? I'm in a remote part of Africa, and I'm in, I am in remote parts of Africa quite often. And so I call him up. Somehow I get a, a call through to him, and he and responds, and I say, can you help me? And Brock says... Are you going to say yes or no? Uh, would you be willing to give me some counsel or not? Yes. Okay, so he says he's going to give me some counsel. I say, great. Oh, sorry, Brock, I just looked. I, I got to run. And I hang up on him. <laughs> What's happening between us and the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? He has all wisdom and all authority according to Matthew 28, 18. He has all authority in heaven and on earth. He has all wisdom for you and me how to navigate these turbulent times we're in and amazing times that we're in. He has all authority and power. Why are we meeting with him in this crazy way where we present our case before him and then say, now that I presented it, I've got to run Why do we cry out for wisdom and peace and direction? Why do we cry out to Him for intervention in our marriages, in our family circles, in our friendship circles? And we go on and on and on and we cry out to Him, as we should, but why do we run after we make our case before the King of kings and Lord of lords? If I would wait, back to this illustration, don't you think this veteran dentist could give me something I could do, something I could do that I would not know myself, right? How much more the King of kings and Lord of lords is ready to give you and give me 
what we need, when we need it, wisdom far beyond our wisdom, knowledge that we desperately need, power, healing, encouragement, confrontation, whatever we need. Be unrushed with the King of kings and Lord of lords. What that means is tonight, if you're actually going to live this way, it means tonight taking Isaiah 50 verse 4 before, before God and saying in your own words, say, God, I'm asking and pleading with you, would you wake me up as early or as late as you want so I can have unrushed time with you according to how much you need to teach me from your word and secondarily through prayer, in that order, by the way. I'm wondering how tomorrow would change. Now, by the way, for me, for me, when I started that eight or nine years ago, um, I had to have him retrain my ears to hear that still small voice. I also have to make sure I don't stay up too late or if uh, Brock invites me to his pizza party, you know, I'm just you're tracking with me. Like if I do something like super, super late that's intemperate, I, on my end, it's kind of like I'm not playing the game right with the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Like I'm claiming a promise, but I'm working against him to hear it. So, so even tonight, by the way, um, if God tells me, like, I have a little booth there at 15 and I, that I didn't even know I was going to have until I had a, a God thing happen. I wasn't going to have a booth. I was just going to pray for divine appointments. God arranged for me to have a booth. I found out just yesterday, last minute. So <laughs> I'm going to be there. It was an exciting moment. And so um, I could be there, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to jeopardize me hearing who I need to hear from early tomorrow morning. So if I'm gone, when you go by my little tiny, I have a little tiny booth there, it's because I realize I need to sleep. I don't want to miss my highest appointment, which is not my wife, and it's not you. It's the King of kings and Lord of lords. Think about it, even while you're here. Let even this time be a retraining time for us. Don't give up and be frustrated if you don't hear him when he wakes you up. Be tenacious. Be hungry for him. And go after him until this happens again and again and again. What kind of difference does this make? I'll tell you in rapid succession. Woo, very rapid. Okay, so. Um, yes, thank you. Thank you. Woo, thank you. Um, this is what happens in this guy's life again and again and again. I'm going to say as a testimony to Jesus. You know what? Uh, I'm still a learner. Are you a learner? So I'm like a little kid with Jesus. But when I do this, one of my biggest things that I'm finding is he has way more to say than I thought he did. Oh, how embarrassing for me to admit that publicly in front of all of you. But you know what? After meeting with him for so many years, when I started asking him the night before to wake me up whenever, he almost always wakes me up earlier than I would have. Okay? This is normal. But almost always. From time to time, when he sees, especially on mission trips and, and really, really high-octane things, sometimes he lets me sleep in a little bit because he, he you know, he's... He's in charge of my temple, right? Okay? So, but, but to find out that he has more to say than I thought he has, that's a wonderful thing. And to realize he, he does have counsel. Not just in general. He has counsel for Dawn. He has counsel for you. Now. But it also means divine appointments. Oh, instructions about what to do and when to do. When to do it. I was in a certain Muslim country, and I landed there. And as I was going in... Uh, that still small voice said, 
just be ready. I have somebody in this Muslim country and you're going to see him before you fly out tomorrow. I was like, okay. I said, I don't think I know. At that time, I said, I don't think I know of anybody here, but okay. And so I, uh, I got in and I prayed and I said, okay, God, wake me up like you woke up uh, your son Jesus. And I said, I'm going to do this. Now, you know when my flight goes. <laughs> it's a trust thing for me still. So you know when my flight is, and I want to have time with you before my flight. I really do. Are you with me there? I want to have time with Jesus before whatever I have to do. And so I, I, some hours went by. I was in a deep, deep sleep. And all of a sudden, I woke up with a start, and I felt so rested that I was terrified that I lost my flight. I thought, I, I, how can I be this rested? I must be like really overshot. And so I didn't have any clock or anything worked in my room. I called downstairs in the little hotel, and I said, what time is it? And they said, sir, it is 2 a.m. I said, thank you very much. So I was thinking, God, this is a little crazy, but okay. So I got on my knees, and I said, what's on your heart? And he said, well, actually, now this is just, I'm just paraphrasing here, but he said, actually, there's somebody in this city that I want you to prepare to go visit. And he said, do you remember such and such, and I know we're here, so I'm, I'm trying to be very, very careful about country names or anything like that. But he said, you know, when you went by such and such a mosque yesterday, I said, yes, Lord. There's an imam there, and you have an appointment waiting for him, with him. So I said, God, I said, from what they've told me, there is only certain strict, strict times in this city when someone like me, you know, Caucasian and uh, from America, can come in in this type of place. Like, I could really be in trouble and be very, seen as very disrespectful in you know, this setting. And I could get, I could really get hurt. So I said, am I really hearing you right? I'm telling you this as blunt as I can because, look, um, when we have unrest time with God, when he wakes us up and he has access to you and me, he has many more missions for you and me than we think he does. And the missions are all over the place. And don't worry about if they're big or small or whatever. That's his business, not our business. Missions are intended to happen while we're here at ASI with each other to encourage and listen and care for each other and spur each other on to greater faithfulness to Jesus. That's just as important. As, as in this Muslim country or whatever, to just be on his mission all the time. And so uh, I, I was, it was so radical to think that he was sending me to that particular mosque. It's one that's on postcards and all kinds of things all over the world. And it's a big, it's not a little mosque, it's a big mosque. It's a scary mosque. And I said, have I really heard you right? And I, because he woke me up not right before my flight, but with plenty of time, I had time. I had time. So I got on my knees with this Bible right here. And I said, so God, I'm inviting you to do something. And I prayed for the Holy Spirit. And I lifted my Bible up in my little room. And I said, God, lead me to anything in the written word of God that would either affirm this idea or challenge my position on this. And I'm open. I'm totally open. Like, I'm really open to the last one. Too. Like, if you want to challenge it, no problem. <laughs> Because uh, that's fine. I, I'm fine with you saying that I didn't hear you right. But I really do want to hear you. And uh, I prayed. And that still small voice of God, again, because there's unrushed time, for the next about hour, 
He led me from Genesis to Revelation, promise after promise of how he would be with me and have no fear. And the Holy Spirit would give me what to say. And on and on and on and on. It all had to do with getting up and going. I was like, okay. I finally I said, I got it. And I said, what am I supposed to take? And he said, I'm with you. That's enough. Don't, 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 don't go marching in there. Okay, so I won't take this. Don't leave your, don't take your phone. So I just went, just me and Jesus. And I went through the darkness of this place. And, uh, and I went downstairs, I should say. And I said, uh, I need a, a cab right now. They said, there's one out there waiting for you. I said, there is. I didn't ask for one. Oh, he's right out there. I went out there. I said, that's interesting. This is like, you know, it's still early in the morning. I go out there and I said, sir, I said, I need you to take me to such and such a mosque. Looked at his time. Sir, he said, <laughs> um, are you Muslim? I said, no, sir, I'm not Muslim. Why are you coming to our mosque at this hour? It's pitch black outside. Uh, I thought, well, how much do I tell him? Mm, okay. I said, well, I said, because I need to see your imam. Now he did another double take. He said, you need to see our imam of this mosque. Uh, do you have an appointment, sir? Well, yes, but I don't want to lie because I know what, what he means. I said, I don't think he knows that I have an appointment with him yet. And he looked at me like this. And he said, he doesn't know. Our imam does not know you have an appointment with him. And I said, well, he probably doesn't. No, I mean, no, he doesn't. He doesn't know that I'm coming. He said, you will never see our imam at this time of day. If you gave us, if you gave us time... Maybe in a couple months you can see him. If you say today, we, his own people, cannot see him like this in this size of mosque. So you will never see him like this, especially you being a foreigner, looking like you do. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay? And I said, here's the money. Please take me there. He rolled his eyes. Okay. So we went off. My heart's beating like this. And I go up to the mosque, and I said, now what do I do? He said, you're asking me? I said, well, I don't, know how, I don't know where I'm supposed to go. I said, I don't know which door or anything. He said, in, in this particular one, he said, there's three massive doors. See these doors? And they were like as high as the ceiling. This is a massive place. He said, they may be locked. This is still pitch black out here. He said, you have two choices. You can go underneath the whole mosque and go through a labyrinth of things and come up inside. I thought, okay. <laughs> and what's my other option? Go up to one of these huge massive doors and see if you can open it. If it opens, you're going to go right in. When you step in, there, there's no in-between. You are in the, the, our place of worship. Gotcha. I said, thank you so much. Gave him the money, and he was out of there. He wasn't going to watch. I said, okay. Okay. I said, so God, I said, what do I do? You know, the Holy Spirit, when he sends us on a mission, he doesn't leave you as an orphan, Scripture says. You're not an orphan. We are not alone. And so I went up to the door, tried the first one, it didn't open. Praise the Lord. I opened the second one, and it didn't open. You are so good. And I went up to the third one. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm behind you here. And, uh, and I went up to the third one. And I went like this. And it opened. I was like, oh! I said, God, please be with me. And so I opened it up, and I went inside. And, and I, I had prayer. And I'm right in front of these massive doors. And every so often, they would swish, swish, swish as many, many, many Muslim men came in 
and here's this foreigner praying in a place I was not supposed to be in that particular city or in that particular mosque at that time for sure. All those things against me. And they went right past this man who's a follower of Jesus Christ. Imperfect follower following a perfect, perfect son of God. And after a while, I thought, well, well God, I, I've been here a long time. I said, so uh, am I done? He said, no, you haven't seen them all. So uh, make a long story short, I, I gave word. I did a risk, risky thing. I went over to one of the worshipers, and I was very respectful. I said, God, oh, you have to help me do this. I said, I don't want to get my throat cut or you know, saying the wrong thing to the wrong person. And I went up to somebody, and I said, uh, excuse me. I said, I am here to see that mom. He said, well, in about another hour or so, he will come way up there. But whether you will see him or not, other than from here, I don't know. But you will see him. I said, no, I need to talk with him. He shook his head. I don't know about that. I went back to praying. An hour later, they start. And he does his call for worship and everything. And I keep praying. I say, God, I need you to help me. This is an appointment for the glory of your son, Jesus. And pretty soon, a big voice said, are you looking for the mom? And I looked up, and there's this huge man that makes me look very tiny, like a bodyguard. And I said, yes, I am looking for the mom. He is right here, to your right. I looked over here, and, and here was this little imam. And very, very highly, highly learned man, little spectacles. And so I had a divine appointment with a man I should never have seen. And for the next 30 minutes, we had an opportunity. And uh, maybe you're saying, oh, did you teach him about the Sabbath? Did you? No, 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 no. You only go as far as the Holy Spirit, your coach and my coach, tells you to go. And a precious, precious thing happened in that. An encounter happened that led to another visit, but that's another story for another time. And No, no, just bear with me. The, because the main point is this. The main point is this. It was a holy mission for the end of time that never would have happened if I would have done my routine with me being in charge. I would have had a good time with Jesus that next morning. I would have secured it right before I went on my flight, and I would have missed on meeting somebody that probably has never had a follower of Jesus ever come to him. Probably not in his lifetime. No. There are people that God has on his docket for you and me to impact for the cause of Christ. And we will never do it if we're about our own business and our own time. If we're on, in charge of our time, how can the King of Kings and Lord of Lords give you a summons to go here or there, even while we're here at ASI. How can he? Are you going to start tonight by inviting him to wake you up whenever he wants to so that you can enjoy the word of God? And what are you enjoying it about? You're looking for a fresh picture of Jesus Christ. John 5.39 says, these are the scriptures that testify about me. He's the main point of scripture. Right? He's the main point. Genesis to Revelation. Enjoy Him. But after you enjoy Him in the Word, get on your knees or however you pray or on your face if you're desperate enough. Yes. And say, God, what does your Spirit want to tell me about what I read? First of all, what do you want to tell me about Jesus? And secondarily, what are my marching orders for today? Seriously. And He has more to tell us than we expect every single day. That's principle number one. You got it? Is it clear? Now, principle number two, I have four minutes for.
So can we make an agreement? Can we make an agreement? In four minutes, you will need to go and have a lovely supper and all that, and that's totally fine. You won't offend me one bit at, at, at all. If you are hungry to hear principle number two, I will go very, very fast, but I'm impressed to offer it to you if you want to hear one more principle of how to live differently every single day. But can we agree in here? We're not offended with each other. Anybody that has to go in four minutes, just go. And we'll say, God bless you and we love you. Okay? Fair enough? Okay, principle number two. The question is, when he wakes you up, what's the first thing that you do? So a real quick stretch thing right now. Please stand up real quick. Turn to your neighbor and say, what's the very first thing you do in the morning when you get up now? Like, what's the very first thing? Okay, so just ask each other really, really fast. How are you? Be praying. Pray that God will move. Okay? Okay, I hope you had a good discussion. Please have a seat. I need, I need two people from this side, two people from this side to go to the back. Grab those sheets of paper back there. Distribute one to everybody super, super fast. Okay, can somebody help me really, really quick back there? There's a whole bunch of pads of paper. Everybody gets a sheet of paper. And on your sheet of paper, please draw this right here. Now, some of you are really going to wonder what this is, but that's okay. You can just imagine that I'm an artist, just for a moment. Okay. Take a wild guess what that is. Oh, I'm so happy. Okay, good. Now, that's what you need to draw. Okay, so everybody gets a sheet of paper, probably not a whole pad, but just like, maybe, maybe give a pad to each row so they can go super fast and you can distribute. Does that work out okay, everybody? And then just share. And let's just do that up and down really, really super fast. Okay. Now, as soon as you get it, please draw a crown like this. In fact, one thing you can do to make it a little bit better, drop it just a little bit so there's room at the top to write something above it. So just go like this. Okay? There. And we have pencils too. If you need a pencil or pen, pardon me, pen. Is there anybody that still needs a, a piece of paper? Are we all good? Okay, does anybody need a pen? Okay, one right over here. We have an extra pen. This young lady over here needs one. And this young man over here needs one. Are you ready? I'm going to go super fast. Okay, this is what we want to talk about right now. Is this fact. One day when I was reading the Word of God, I was up in the mountains of the Low Sierras. I was having a great time with Jesus. And open with me right now to Matthew 28, verse 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. And I was reading that one and some other ones. And when you're there, say amen. That was kind of like sort of amen. So are you there yet? Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority. How much? 
all authority has been given to me in heaven and where? <clears throat> on earth. Well, I kept on thinking about that. I went to Acts uh, 2 and was reading about what Peter said to, the, to the, the group there. And I said, God, is there anything your spirit needs to say to this follower of Jesus before I move on? And a still, quiet voice of Jesus, which again, I want to be very clear, is not audible for this guy. I don't make, it, make fun of you if he speaks to you audibly. That's between you and him. But he speaks to my mind and to my heart. He doesn't bypass either. He's my creator, God. Are you with me? God still speaks, everybody. And it never counters the written word of God. When I ever have a wonderment about that, I always go back and search and say, did I hear you right? This always tests what you and I hear in prayer. We together? So I'm reading, I'm saying, is there anything you need to tell me about this? Whoa, he did have that still small voice of the Holy Spirit said, you know, you know Jesus very well as friend. I said, amen. Praise God. And you know him as your Savior. I said, amen. He is my Savior. But you don't know him very well as your Lord. I want you to be very real with yourself. Of those three, which one of those uh, best describes how you know Jesus? Because some of us know him also in a different configuration. Some of us know him as Lord, and we are determined to obey him until the day we die. Praise the Lord. But we don't have him as our friend. Some of us have him as friend and Lord, and we don't have the peace that passes all understanding of knowing Jesus as Savior. But for this guy, he confronted me that I do not know him as Lord. This was, some, it was just a few years ago. I wish I could tell you it was a long time ago. Now, that really, really broke my heart because Jesus and I are best of friends and I'm so thankful that he's my Savior. But the issue of Lordship is very, very deep. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. Like really, really deep. And when I think I'm honoring him as Lord, it's about then that almost always he will show me another layer that needs to still come under his lordship. Are you tracking with me or not? So the issue of lordship for me is extremely humbling in a different way than saying Jesus is my best friend and Jesus is my savior. Amen or not? Amen. It's just a different like category between us and Jesus. So... When he confronted me on that, I was like, ouch, you know, like, wow. And I said, yes, I do need to know you as Lord, like all over again. And so I'm going to invite you to do something is right now, go with me. So you're with me on Matthew 28, right? We're all clear about where his authority is, right? He is, according to Matthew 28, you can put these texts right under here if you want to. Matthew 28, verse 18. We're going to give you one more passage. But Jesus is Lord of how much? Everything. Everything. Amen? But now go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2. And in Philippians 2, look at this with me. When you're there, say yes. Yes. In Philippians 2, verses 5 through 11, we read this. Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself, taking the form of a bond servant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by being, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Stop for a second. Let me see your eyes. 
Jesus, no, true or false, Jesus never asked something of you and me that um, he would not ask of himself or, or live himself. True? So did Jesus surrender to our Heavenly Father? How much? To the point of death. Are we clear? So, so Jesus, this topic of lordship, Jesus is not teaching you and me a theory that he did not live. Amen? He taught us who he is as Lord. And he also lived under the, the mastership, or I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I'm saying, the, the, the directorship of, of God the Father. Every moment he did that. Amen? Now look at the next part. For this reason, God did what? He highly exalted him, talking about Jesus, and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that in the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That day is coming rapidly. Didn't hear many amens on that. Satan himself is about to bow the knee and confess that Jesus is Lord, but it will not be for his redemption. He doesn't want the redemption of Christ, but it will, he'll, it will be like he has to. All the demons will do that. All the wicked will do that. Do you agree? Yes. So why are we not living under the Lordship of Christ now? To make this very, very direct and very, very clear, please do this. Are you ready on your sheet of paper? This is where the, this comes down to brass tacks about how we live now. Please take and make a perforated line just like this on the boundaries of the crown. Okay? You see, can you see that back there? So just on the, on the boundaries of the crown. At the top, say Jesus. Whoops. Let's see if I can still write here. Nope. Um, nope. I'll try something here. But put Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord up here. Jesus is Lord. Okay? Now, this is for your eyes only right now, not for the person next to you. Look up if you're ready, because I'm going to go fast. Under the Lordship of Jesus, I invite you to write a few things that the Holy Spirit impresses you has been truly given over to the Lordship of Jesus. Is it your finances? Hallelujah. Put them under that. That's not to your glory or mine. It's to Jesus. Is it your marriage? Is it your friendships? Are you tracking with me? Like, what, just, I'm going to give you just like 30 seconds, starting right now. Anything that, you, that he convicts you has been given to him as Lord, and he is Lord over in your life. Then please list that under the crown. Okay? Now, this is worthy of more than the seconds I'm giving you, this, this, this exercise. Amen? So, so I'm inviting you to do it. Do it tonight on your own or whatever. But now I'm going to shift to the next part, harder part. List out here and out here what is not under the Lordship of Christ in your life. And I'm going to give a quick case in point. One day, uh, 
shortly, right about the same era when Jesus said, or, or my, my Heavenly Father through the Holy Spirit said, Don, you don't know Jesus is Lord? Uh, it was one day shortly after that I said, so what's not, what, where am I not honoring you as Lord? You know, and he told me something very, very directly. I'm going to be so painfully open with you because I want you to be painfully open with our God. He said, Don, such and such a person somewhere on this planet, I'll make it very careful because, again, I'll pick on Brock. Brock might say, Don, you're talking about my uncle again. Okay, so it's not your uncle, by the way. But you know what I'm saying? We're all connected. So I'm going to say this very carefully. Somewhere on the planet, the Holy Spirit reminded me that there's, there was somebody at the time that uh, I was not forgiving, who I had loved like a brother and trusted with ministry and mission things somewhere on this planet and would walk away trusting that it's good. We're all good on the same page. It's a whole long story, but the Holy Spirit impressed me. Your, your attitude towards that, that brother is not under the Lordship of Christ. And I said, but I followed Matthew 18. Tap, tap, tap. Self-righteous moment. I'm being very blunt with you about my own journey. Oh, I'm praying you'll be blunt. Or let the Holy Spirit be blunt with you. And he said, yes, you did. And you have not forgiven this brother. I said, but God, I da, 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 this and this and this, and I tried this and this and this, and I went out to that person's property, and, da, 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 and you have not forgiven your brother. But he hasn't come to me, da, 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 and you have not forgiven your brother. What is it in your life that is not under the lordship of Christ? Jesus. He gave up everything for you and me. He loves you and me so, so much. He spread his arms wide and he cried out, It is finished! Why? Because he made that incredible sacrifice for you and me. And he's given us the opportunity to find our freedom in his lordship. Amen? Freedom in the lordship of Christ. So I'm asking you right now, before I conclude, what needs to be jotted down out here? Is there something or some things that are not under his lordship? I pause for just 30 seconds for the Holy Spirit to work among us. Why come to ASI and leave the same way? Why not let him pierce our hearts if he needs to? I'm just going to pause a moment. And I'm going to ask him the same thing. I invite you, just bow your heads and ask God, is there anything that needs to come under his lordship? Amen. Principle number two is very simple. And this is the way. Principle number two is this. Every single morning, first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is to do this. You drop to your knees. You say this in your own language, my friends. But say, Jesus, I surrender all I am as a person to you. First part. I surrender so all I am. My identity to you. I surrender all I have. My time, talent, treasures, what's in my pocketbook. You know, my properties, whatever. Okay, whatever I have, I surrender to you. You can do whatever you want to say. You want me to deplete my bank account and put it into this mission? Amen. I'm serious. You want me to do this with my time? Oh, God, that's not strategic right now. I need to be somewhere else. No, if you tell me you want me to do this with my time, I'm there because you're my Lord. Number three, toughest one. And I surrender my attitude 
to you as Lord. As you humbled yourself before your Father, I humble myself and I plead with you for, the, for your attitude. Do this in me. Do this in me. If we would go out the door only after surrendering to Jesus as Lord in those three areas, we would live differently in these last days. The Holy Spirit would find out that you and I are ascendable men and women, ascendable boys and girls, ascendable teenagers. He would say, ah, oh, that's a ascendable person. He would find out that he, he can use us any way he wants to use us. I want to close with an appeal. There's books at the back. Uh, there were, anyway. I think there's books. But uh, I write and I give. So at my little place on 15 downstairs, you'll find discipling books, revival books, okay? And if you're going to use them, take them. They're sacrificially written and given and published. If you're going to store them, don't take them. But if you're going to go and make disciples with them, hallelujah, then go do it. I end with this appeal. Is there anybody in this place that knows that you're at a desperate moment between you and Christ Jesus and you know that the Holy Spirit is calling you to give him everything, everything, and you know you're in a struggle, but you know that now is the moment. If he's talking to you, I invite you just to come up here anywhere up front. And uh, if you can, brother, if one of you can help me, we're going to move this out of the way. And I'm just going to close with praying with whoever may come. Let's bow our heads. <clears throat> Dear God in heaven, first before I pray more, God, we're just going to be silent in this room for just a half a minute or so because we all have private prayers that most need to, you need to hear our voices in silence between, this is between you and us, you know what I mean God so God just for a pause hear our prayers, our silent prayers of, of whatever we need to give you, is there things we're worrying about that you're convicting us need to come under your lordship and, and release to you, is there things we're playing with we shouldn't play with, you know, whatever whatever it is, uh, Lord uh Speak to our hearts right now and help us to hand it to you with the power of Christ who lives within us, according to Colossians 1.27. So just pause right now. Just anything you need to say to Jesus. Dear Father in heaven, I lift my hands up to you. And Father, thank you for Jesus who is so patient with me and Anybody else in the room that feels that way, you can say amen. amen. But just thank you, God. Thank you, God, so much for the patience of Jesus. He truly is the shepherd of our hearts, our, our whole soul. We're thankful. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that loves us so much. Also, that he tenaciously comes and says to me, and maybe others in this room can say amen, that he says things to us we don't want to hear. I don't want to hear that I, I don't know Jesus is Lord. But I'm, but I'm glad, I'm glad, God, that the Holy Spirit loves me and us in this room that he tells us when we're not under the Lordship of Christ. Because he tells us because he wants us to be ready to run to Jesus when Jesus comes again. Amen. So God, many of us have come up here and we're on our knees because we're at a pivotal time in our life. There's something that we're under conviction about and we know that we need to, to come under the crown of Christ all the way. Now, Father, we have no power to do this. So do that heart surgery of Ezekiel 36, 26, and 27 on anybody in this room that just puts their palms up before your throne. Just your hands with your palms up. 
God look at us just like a man or a woman goes to a surgeon and says, do for me what I cannot do for myself. We are asking that you would take out our heart of stone towards anybody or anything, something that has caused us to be a slave to something or somebody. And God, cut out what needs to be cut out of our hearts and put a new heart within us and a hymn of praise to our God. Put a new spirit within us. Not just any spirit, but put the Holy Spirit in us to reside and live there. Let this moment be a turning point in our hearts and lives as we go out to supper and to connect with other people. Oh God, be may Jesus, your Son, be the Lord of our lives. May you shape the rest of this day according to your pleasure. And the next day and the next day until Jesus comes, help us to know that Jesus is our victory tonight, right now. And we give you glory. Help us to live with these two principles every day. Help us to be ascendable people. And help just like the, the imam, let there be many people who will come to us in heavenly places someday soon and say, thank you for being so unrushed with your Savior that you would come to find me. And we'll only say, glory be to Christ Jesus. And all the people said, amen. God bless you and keep you. This media was produced by Audioverse for ASI, Adventist Layman's Services and Industries. If you would like to learn more about ASI, please visit www.asiministries.org. Or if you would like to listen to more free online sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.